Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to be discussing Rutgers smothering number 12 Illinois Wednesday night to move within striking distance of the Big Ten title. And the Rangers edge Boston 2-1 in a gritty shootout win on Tuesday. So let's go ahead and get started. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights beat number 12 Illinois 70-59 Wednesday night at the Rack in what was a masterpiece of defense. Rutgers has now defeated four consecutive ranked teams in what may, may be one of the best runs a Rutgers basketball team has ever had. In short order, Rutgers has taken down Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and now Illinois. A huge concern that was Rutgers had coming into the game, and one that I had mentioned last week, was Rutgers' ability to box out and making sure that we prevent offensive rebounds. Rutgers was supremely successful in this category. Rutgers ended up out-rebounding Illinois by 18. 18. Rutgers rebounded astoundingly well, especially in the first half. Peichel obviously made some kind of concerted effort to have his team emphasize blocking out. Whatever he did, it showed in the first half, and he put a great game plan together, and Rutgers was outstanding in that category. I was really worried about this coming into the game, but as it turned out, Rutgers excelled in this area, and it was a huge, huge, huge reason why Rutgers was able to lock this team down and win this game. Coburn, the big center for Illinois and potential Big Ten Player of the Year, was awesome, as he always is. Uh, he is the reason why there was so much concern about boxing out and getting rebounds. And Coburn didn't disappoint. He was incredible. He's so powerful. Uh, Rutgers had a great start to the game. Again, I always mention this because it's critical and it was super important this time. Mulcahy was outstanding again. Okay, he scored, he drove, he dished, and he led the team once again to open this game. Mulcahy is developing into simply one of the best guards in college basketball. Full stop. One of the best in basketball. He Rutgers is a completely different team with him at point guard and driving the team. Harper started hot, and then he didn't do much the rest of the first half. Uh, again, he's up and down, but... He did get hurt at the end, and that was concerning. The defense for Rutgers forced Illinois into taking 13 three-pointers in the first half. Many of them were forced. They only hit one of them. Rutgers played excellent, excellent first-half defense, start to finish. The second half was electric at the rack. Rutgers continued to play stout defense. Amori was outstanding. He was at turnaround shots, dunks, left-handed bang shots. There was one play where he rejected Coburn when Coburn was going up for a dunk. He came in from behind and blocked it. Amori continued his surprising campaign as you know one of the better and maybe one of the most reliable centers in all the Big Ten. I'll tell you right now, he is one of the most reliable centers in all the Big Ten. His rebounding and his defending is now at an elite level. Uh, and I think his potential is off the charts. Remember, he's just a freshman, guys. Rutgers committed... Lots of early fouls, especially in the second half again. They're driving me nuts with these fouls. Stop it, Rutgers. Will you stop taking so many friggin' stupid fouls? It's a trend they really need to stop going forward. I mean, they were up so much in the second half, and the only way they could have let the team in it was to continue fouling so that Illinois scores points without the clock running. And they had so many early fouls. Rutgers at one point took a 47-28 to lead about six minutes into the second 
second half, mostly due to great defense and due to Mulcahy and Amorgi playing outstanding at both ends of the court. The rack was lit. It was loud. It was in their face. They were chanting. It was pretty awesome, I got to say. Then after that, Illinois did have a run. I think it was a 7 nothing run at one point. Uh, but it was stemmed by a clutch shot from Geo Baker. And then a huge, huge three from Mulcahy that basically set the rack off. Uh, Geo honestly had a really poor night. Um, but that bucket that he hit, that step back to after Illinois had a 7 nothing run, turned the game. And then right after, the, uh, right after that was when Mulcahy hit the big three, and that really, really turned the game back uh, to a Rutgers' favor. Rutgers then continued its furious defense and grew the lead. I believe it was 60-39 to at one point. Just insane. We kind of blew them out of the building at that point. But then Rutgers seemed to kind of lose their mind, as I mentioned before, especially McConnell and Hyatt. Hyatt made a just ridiculously stupid, idiotic, moronic foul on an Illinois player at the th- <laughs> past the three-point line with the shot clock about to expire. As he's fading away, Hyatt, for some reason, sees the need to foul him when we're up 17. So the guy gets three free throws and makes them all for no reason. You know, and then McConnell in another juncture just after that, we get a rebound and he rushes it up the court when we have like a 17 point lead instead of milk on the clock, runs into three people, turns the ball over a couple of really stupid, stupid, stupid plays. But um, they have to play a little smarter um, and use the clock a little more than they did. Um, If we're being you know honest about this, we could have even done better. I mean, it's funny to say we blew Illinois out of the building, but really had some serious room for improvement. But I think we did. Um, also on the negative side, Ron Harper got hurt to end the game. I mentioned that before. I have to hope he's okay. Um, looked like it was on an inbound pass and he's either got a jam finger, dislocated finger, I don't know, something. I'm hoping it's not too bad because we need all the scoring we can get. And as annoying as Harper can be for this particular podcast announcer, we definitely need his scoring and we need his ability to drive inside. He, he, he's really good at that. I have to say, and again, tonight while he was in, he really, more than almost anyone I know, uses his size and his body well. He goes inside and he knows he's going to get fouled and he positions his body such that, you know, he's going to either make the make a shot, get fouled or both. And he does that better than most. Hopefully he's back soon. In the end of the game, Rutgers got the stops. They made free throws and they sealed a resounding 70 to 59 win to continue what is now nothing short of a historic run. This Rutgers team is somehow now, I read, 31-3 at home with fans in the stands in the last three seasons. 31-3 at the rack with fans in it. Tell me, in arena, that's a bigger home court advantage than that. I dare you, because you know what? There is not one. 31-3. This is playing Big Ten teams. 31-3. I dare you. Pick another one. Go ahead. The crazy thing is this was one of the best wins in RU history, and the game was never really that close, the entire game. Even more crazy, Rutgers now only one game in the loss column out of the lead in the Big Ten standings. It's just insanity. And Rutgers, by the way, has beaten every single team around them in the Big Ten standings right now. If you look at the standings, there's like three or four above them and one below them, and Rutgers has beaten them all now. This Rutgers team, that was a joke less than a month ago, is now a team that I guarantee you not a single friggin' college basketball team in the country wants to play right now, especially at the rack. 
this magic carpet ride is flying high now, I'll tell you what, and the road gets even harder. You know, as Rutgers will need another miracle, I think, uh, Sunday night they play at Purdue. So that will be, you know, the next miracle that this team is going to have to look for. I guess for now, Rutgers fans can kind of bask in the feeling that this team is doing unprecedented things and kind of springing to life a season, you know, an arena and even a university that just a few short weeks ago, you know, after being left for dead, you know, is is now just flying high. So, you know, don't look away, folks. (laughs) RARU is rolling. Moving on to the New York Rangers. The Rangers beat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in a shootout on Tuesday night. It was a pretty dramatic return to the ice for the Rangers, who hadn't played in over two weeks, and them being off two weeks showed early. The Rangers had a really slow start to the game, and I mean really slow. They look rusty, sloppy from being off for two weeks. It took them 12 minutes before they even had a shot on goal. They mustered all of two entire shots on goal the entire first period. Uh, Goodrow had an awful giveaway in the defensive zone that led to an early Boston goal. Uh, in the second period, it started out all Rangers, though, and the Rangers started to get their game back. The game got kind of harder and chippier, and the crowd got into it. Uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, the Rangers, <laughs> I saw Rutgers on my mind from that great win. The Rangers tied it finally in uh, the third period as the game got even more grittier and nastier. Igor Shesterkin stood on his head again, again Tuesday night, um, and he kept the game tied 1-1 heading into overtime. In overtime, Igor was awesome again. Uh, after there was a goaltender interference penalty on Boston for some dude colliding with Igor in overtime, Igor remained in the game, made several other outstanding saves, and then suddenly, with 40 seconds left in overtime, the NHL calls down to the ice and tells the Rangers, uh, you have to take Shesterkin out of the goal, out of the game, and he's got to go undergo concussion protocol. This is like five minutes of like real time after the collision. A couple minutes later in actual game time where he had made other saves and other saves. Then with 40 seconds left until they have to head into a shootout, which is obviously all goalies. They tell the Rangers, you got to take Shesterkin out of the game and have him undergo, undergo concussion protocol. This seemed like a bit of horseshit because, you know, it was quite a bit of time later, as I said. Igor was fuming mad that he had to came out. He slammed his stick against the glass in frustration as he walked into the locker room. Uh, anyway, this meant that a mere 40 seconds later of game clock, the Ranger would have to use backup goaltender Georgiev in the shootout after Shesterkin basically stood on his head all night. Talk about a ripoff, but it was like <laughs> Willis Reed limping out for the 73 Knicks. Igor comes skating onto the A's just as the shootout's about to start, and he proceeds to lead the Rangers on an electric uh, shootout victory, to an electric shootout victory, I should say. He was awesome in the shootout, and the Rangers won it on a Keandre Miller goal in the ninth frame of the shootout. Igor led his team to victory yet again. He stopped 31-32 shots, and he continues to be the driving force behind the Rangers. The Rangers are now 31-13-4, by the way, everyone. Nuts. Just insane. Some other odds and ends. Schneider, you know, the 20-year-old defenseman that the Rangers recently called up, continues to look like an outstanding young defenseman. He had several big hits, lots of 
excellent defensive plays. He skates extremely well. He has a good hard shot. He seems to play with tons of confidence for a 20-year-old, too. The Rangers have themselves, in my opinion, yet another excellent young defenseman here. They are loaded with good young defensemen. Uh, he was paired with 21-year-old Zach Jones last night, who finally, finally got a look here with Schneider. And the pair looked pretty damn good, in my opinion, in their first game together. Hey, note to uh, Coach Gallant, keep them together. No one wants to see Nemeth back on friggin' defense, especially with Schneider. Keep them together, Gallant. Uh, with this, you know, look, the Rangers continue to trust, you know, young players and young defensemen. Tuesday, the Rangers had, let's see, Fox, who's 23, who, Lingren, who's like 24, Keandre Miller, just turned 22, Truba, the old man at 28, Schneider's 20, Jones is 21. You know, so their defense is, you know, 23, 24, 22, 20, 21, and 28. One negative, Capo uh, Caco is going to be out at least another month, which is very concerning. The Rangers already have a lack of depth at forward. Sammy Blaze out for the year, and now with Caco out a month, the Rangers are even more in need of a trade for some kind of top six forward. We'll see what the trading deadline offers here. The Rangers, though, have to be happy with how they came off of this long layoff with a gritty performance, and they got a win on Tuesday night against a very good Boston Bruins team who's definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, the long layoff for the Rangers definitely showed they had some early rust, but the Rangers did persevere, and as they've done many times this, this year, they relied on Shesterkin and gritted out a tough win. This team definitely seems to have more of a backbone this year. They don't get too low when they get behind in games, at least compared to previous years. They do need to focus now and continue to work hard in, in the games ahead. So let's go, Rangers. And thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. I will be back soon with more sports talk. Have a good day.